Hello and welcome to the Low Code Podcast. I'm Faraz Khan from iTrack, and we are the global specialist in OutSystems recruitment. With this podcast, our aim is to increase awareness and appreciation of OutSystems and its impact and benefits to the market. And our early adoption is giving competitive edge to businesses worldwide. During our podcast, myself and my colleague, Sushu Chohan, will be speaking to IT leaders and OutSystems MVPs on how OutSystems has transformed their businesses and careers. We also hope that by speaking to MVPs on their career journeys, we can inspire developers from all over the world to learn from others who have already been on the path. So let's go. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Low Code Podcast. And today I've got with me Nick Mates, who is the technical lead at a company called Lender. Lender are based in Chicago. Nick, do you want to uh, just introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about Lender? Yeah, so um, at Linder, we've been around since uh, 2011. Uh, September of 2011 was our first funding. Um, and over from around 11 to 2016, um, we really worked as just an ad hoc shop for providing um, financing solutions for commercial, commercial customers in the US. Um, and then in 2016, we really went through this transformation where we wanted to expand the business um, and create a large um, solution for customers more than just an ad hoc solution. Um, so we started developing um, some C-sharp applications to streamline our processes. Um, and with that C-sharp application and a legacy uh, customer management system, uh, we ended up on the Inc. 5000 list uh, in 2017 2018, and 2018. Um, and there was a lot of growth there. Um, and I think we'll touch on this a little bit more, but that's how we started down our low-code journey. Um, but Lender at its core uh, is really just providing finance solutions for customers who might not have the same credit worthiness where they can go to a Chase or a Wells Fargo for their financing solutions. Yeah. Uh, so we handle everything from merchant cash advances to invoice factoring to progress billing factoring uh, yeah. to providing those customers financing solutions they might not find elsewhere. Um, personally, I joined Lender in late 2017 as part of our underwriting team. Um, so I was handling the risk side of things and underwriting clients for their credit worthiness. Uh, and with uh, the flexibility you have at a small company, I actually transitioned over to our technology team pretty early on uh, as a business analyst for our C-sharp shop. Um, and since then, uh, with the implementation of our low-code solution via OutSystems, uh, I've really taken on a lead role and now oversee our whole technology stack, um, first as a citizen developer, uh, and we can touch on what that really means in a minute, um, within OutSystems, and now moving more to that leadership role where um, looking over and project managing our entire uh, backlog and development of our applications and OutSystems. Sure. So, and I, and I, and I, I think, you know, when you guys start to ramp up in 2016, 2017, I bet you didn't think that there was going to be a pandemic in 2020, right? No, I suppose uh, that what, what's happened is with, with the pandemic, it's, it's become even more critical in terms of how, you know, especially small and medium-sized businesses needing cash quickly, I suppose, which is the lifeblood of those businesses. And so in a way, it's been kind of good for you <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Um, you hit it right on the nail on the head with uh, the small to medium-sized businesses. Our um, average shop is from anyone with a mom and pop shop working uh, just them uh, up to about 250 employees is where our really niche is. Um, and around 18% of our portfolio is actually restaurants. 
Um, so you can imagine oh, wow. that our clients were hit effect, uh, extremely hard uh, yeah. by this pandemic, and we've been able to provide some great solutions for them going through this. And, 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 and low code, I mean, before we get into the ins and outs of low code, for the people who haven't heard of low code or maybe are thinking about low code, and that includes hardcore developers who won't have heard of low code either, do you want to just say a little bit about what low code is? Yeah, so uh, low code as it, at its essence is essentially, um, I view it as just the next iteration of software development, um, where we've gone from binary and assembly, where it's these guys writing ones and zeros and these uh, unintelligible statements to a computer, um, to C Sharp, where it's really readable code. Um, and C Sharp, or modern programming language C Sharp is just the one that I'm most familiar with. Um, and then you see this next step that's currently called low code, where C Sharp was called low code at one point, um, right. where it's really visual based programming, um, yeah. where you need the business acumen and the logic side, which a lot of developers are great at from the offset, um, but where you can have uh, business minded individuals creating that code that runs in the background just by dragging and dropping simple uh, if statements onto a canvas. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I suppose as well that the other thing about low code is uh, it really is kind of an enterprise solution, isn't it? In terms of it's not just, you know, it, 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 low code can solve some really big problems, I think, in, in corporations. So. Yeah, definitely. And here at Linder, there was a little bit of trepidation about the breadth of what we could do with low code from the offset, um, where it's where can we handle our microservices? Are those gonna to have to live in traditional code or in a low code environment? Um, things like that were the uh, first questions that we asked and part of the reason why we chose OutSystems because there's this um, balancing act that you have to have when it comes to low code solutions where it's how much power you're giving to the developer versus how much efficiency gain can you have from a simple simplified solution Yes. Um, and out systems, we felt struck that greatest balance because you can truly develop a full stack solution that's fully customized all the way up to the UI. Um, but it still has those efficiency gains of being quicker than just typing on a keyboard, all of your, uh, traditional code. Yeah. And I suppose as well, uh, we'll touch on that. You touched on it just a minute ago in terms of the, the UI stuff and the customer experience, uh, which is a critical factor. Um, uh, without systems being particularly kind of, um, I suppose, suited and well, uh, well um, qualified for, for that mm -hmm. uh, for that particular thing. So, in terms of your business as well, it's it's critically important about how customers interact with your software and your apps and things like that, and they want something that's really easy to to deal with, don't they? So, out systems was that a good a good solution in terms of the customer experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, so backing up to 2017 again, we had this internal solution built with C Sharp um, and we, were, we actually didn't have any externally facing applications. Uh, right. And I believe that's table stakes in 2017, uh, let alone 2020, just allowing our customers to self-manage their own fundings and uh, provide documentation when they're going through the funding process themselves, rather than having to go through three different intermediaries via email. Um, that was paramount to us. Uh, and part of the decision to go to low code was having the time to market uh, that would suit the growth that we uh, were looking for uh, in the market. Um, so what it really allowed us to have a contiguous user experience across all of those externally facing 
um, applications uh, very quickly. Um, so within 12 months, we were able to have a client facing side as well as a broker facing side um, where our brokers can also log in and manage some of those relationships for our customers that may have been brought through them. Um, and that really allowed us not only to get to table stakes, but set up a strong architecture for expanding those platforms in the future. Yeah. And, and in terms of your business in particular, because you're involved in financial services, I imagine there's a lot of kind of regulatory things that you need to comply with. And also security is another big issue, I, I imagine, for you. So, again, I think with the, without systems and the low code, it was was it very easy for you to kind of just do all those things, uh, yeah, kind of plug and play, just plug them in and it was quick for you to do? Oh, definitely. Um, so out of the box, uh, essentially checks 10 of the 15 different pen testing things that uh, any pen tester is going to do um, day one when they come in and try and um, access your system, uh, where we have monitoring and authentication and authorization baked into the OutSystems platform mm. um, in a way that can be self-managed by someone um, who's either on the technology side or a super user from the business side. Um, where we can offload some of that user management responsibility to some of our business users. Um, and that was one of the greatest things as well, where they didn't have to wait for a developer to go in and write a SQL statement. They could handle those permissions and um, associations with different customers um, and contacts themselves. Um, greatly streamlined our customer service department as well, um, where... Then additionally, there's all these baked in uh, components uh, to prevent SQL injection, things like that, um, that really in the same way that having externally facing portals, uh, those kind of safeguards are table stakes uh, when it comes to security. So it allows us to focus on more robust protocols from the offset rather than having to worry about all of these um, basic requirements. Right. And I, and I know, I mean, I've seen some sort of use cases of, of you guys using OutSystems. You've had some incredible um, results, haven't you, in terms of the, the, the rapidity in which you've been able to develop some of the applications and offer them out to your customers. Yeah, um, so touching a little bit more on uh, the customer portal, um, we were able to get that launched within about six months with just myself and one other developer. Um, this is when I was acting more in that citizen developer role. Um, and to expand, I guess I can expand on what citizen developer really means um, a little yeah. bit, where um, I went to school for business school. Uh, my majors were supply chain management and business analytics. So uh, the extent of my formal uh, coding education is a Java class in high school, actually. Right. Um, so I would say I'm less than qualified to be writing C-sharp code. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't want me plugging away at the keys for a user story. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I was able to go to a boot camp out in Boston, uh, put together by OutSystems that really taught you the platform, uh, got you a certification um, as an associate developer with them uh, right from the jump. And with the assistance of an OutSystems partner, um, Netlink, we were able to get, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we were able to get this customer portal uh, up and running within just three months um, for a myself uh, and an additional C-sharp developer that we transitioned to the OutSystem side um, where clients could log in uh, in a mobile first environment because we saw about 40% of our traffic coming through mobile and another 30% coming through tablet. We really wanted to have that mobile first experience um, where they were able to check their balances, uh, upload any due diligence documents for any new fundings they may need um, and any, any contact for um, 
simple customer service requests have been automated, whether that be document requests from us uh, based on payment statements or payoff letters, things like that, um, and have that immediate contact available for more um, advanced queries for our customer service team. Um, So we were able to get that up within a quarter. So uh, greatly accelerated our uh, backlog plans um, where... Um, then we had the broker side, uh, up within about the same amount of time. Um, and the brokers were then able to see deals that they had submitted, um, update the status of them. Uh, once a offer had been submitted to a client, they could request contracts and draft contracts via DocuSign directly within the portal and upload the same due diligence documents that a client may be able to do themselves. And were people surprised at the speed and the kind of, accuracy i suppose is you're able to do all this stuff really quickly and not have to redo loads of stuff over and over again it was all worked first time or something yeah um (laughs) maybe not first time but definitely iteration 1.1 we had it all solid um and i think a testament to the low code solution as a whole um as well is that that first iteration that did need a little tweaks to it um, it was a week turnaround time uh, rather than a month turnaround time for these quick enhancements um, that our users needed just based on lacking discovery. Um, one of the largest problems we've had uh, when implementing OutSystems is being able to accelerate the business analyst side as quickly as you can accelerate the development side and uh, providing accurate and um, complete backlogs in a way that allows for um, the developers to have a full plate um, because it, you can have the general ratio uh, that I've always had in my head is three developers, one business analyst that almost becomes one-to-one when it comes to low code. Um, and one of the most exciting things that I'm looking forward to um, in the future with our low code implementation is the business user enablement of that business analyst side right. um, where providing templates for user stories and bug reports to end users um, where they can take some of that burden from the technology team and yeah. really cultivate a culture of collaboration between all the departments with our technology department. Yeah. It's interesting actually when, you, when you're talking about the citizen development stuff because we've talked to lots of different people about that and there's different views. I mean, some people say, you know, you still need to know some level of coding. There's lots of articles about what is citizen development and can can a layman really just come and start coding, you know? So there's, there's different kind of pe- people saying different things about, um, you know, what, what level are we actually at in terms of people being able to code who weren't previously coders. So where do you think we actually, where do, where would you say we were in, in that, in that process? Is it over-exaggerated or is it, um, you know, is it fair to say that somebody with minimal coding experience can just come along and start coding? Yeah, like many things, um, I think there's some nuance to how you approach that question, um, where um, it's neither we're fully ready for citizen developers or citizen developers aren't going to work. Where myself as a citizen developer, I had um, the great support of a strong architect um, at Lender that really helped me with those traditional coding um, capabilities and methodologies that would work and how to adapt those to low code. Um, where when we were onboarding some of our citizen developers from the underwriting side, um, 
we had, um, and to elaborate a little bit on that further, we actually brought two other of our um, power users from the underwriting department to do some light uh, citizen development work in the establishment of these applications. Yeah. Um, and I would say there's a learning curve that's a problem that's still to be tackled, um, where if we aren't able to send them out to a week-long boot camp just because of operational um, necessities of that individual uh, being a citizen developer where it's not their full day job developing. Um, There's a way where, and we haven't solved this problem, but there's a hand-holding on how to approach a problem systematically and programmatically rather than operationally. Um, That's just a shift in thinking um, that we haven't been able to tackle greatly yet besides just more robust code reviews Um, and some less than efficient processes where um, you may or you were maybe able to develop this solution very quickly as a citizen developer, but then that back-end administrative components of just code reviews and things like that do slow down the process a bit. Um, But we see within uh, three to six months that that um, person as a citizen developer is working as strongly as a junior developer coming into our systems. yeah. I mean, yeah, even the concepts of citizen developer, people would never really thought about that for, you know, a year ago, or two years ago, whenever. And now it, 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 to be able to think, to be able to even be at this stage, I think is pretty incredible. And, you know, like you said, where where is that going to lead to in a year's time or whatever? So it may be that, um, you know, it becomes easier and easier, as you say. I mean, uh, there was also one case, I think, where you developed an app in like six hours or something. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's forward- fast forwarding us to this year. Um, this was uh, unfortunately as a product of the pandemic. Um, a lot of our clients were struggling um, just based on the demographics of our clientele. Um, and as the changing conditions of uh, all of the government uh, aid packages were coming out, whether that be the Paycheck Protection Program, or the EIDL. Sorry, that's an acronym. I do not remember the full name for at this point. Um, We really wanted, we sat down early um, one day and said we wanted to be able to provide our clients the resources necessary to fill out these applications. Um, And unfortunately, um, as the government moves, sometimes they don't have full API capabilities. So um, it turns into just PDFs you have to submit. Um, Mm -hmm. But we were able to developed this full uh, externally facing and anonymous application um, for both our clients and clients that have never heard of us before, um, yeah. sorry, uh, businesses that hadn't heard of us before, um, where they could fill out their um, basic information and it would pre-fill all of these forms for them and expedite that process. Um, so we were able to get um, the full uh, application as well, and sorry, paper application, not software yeah. application, um, up and running uh, within six hours. So end of business that same yeah. day, yeah. Uh, we were able to provide that solution to our clients um, where they could have all of this uh, government aid documentation pre-filled yeah. and yeah. ready for approval once those forms are ready. Um, yeah. And we saw around 100 of our clients uh, were able to submit uh, PPP applications in an expedited yeah. way. Uh, yeah. because of this application. Um, and f- understandably for government security reasons, we weren't able to uh, follow up and see if those funds were actually deposited into their bank accounts. Yeah. Um, but any way that we could help expedite that process was mm. great. And the way that Locode allowed us to do that within a day was 
quite a testament to us yeah. choosing the right solution in our systems. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, this is a real, real life example of a business gaining competitive edge by using the right technology. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I, I think it's just a testament to how um, low code fits our organization well, and I think um, a lot of other organizations well where the changing requirements uh, can, it's not just week to week changing requirements, it can be day to day. And it really allows for expedited execution of those business requirements, whether it be aiding our clients in an unforeseen time or just providing um, the basic technological needs uh, within a third of the time that we were originally expecting within traditional yeah. development. I, th- I think, yeah, one thing that this pandemic has taught us is that the, businesses need to be able to react quickly to change. And um, in a way that that's been accelerated, that, that realization has been accelerated. A lot of other people I've been talking to on, on some podcasts are also saying that the pandemic has actually accelerated the rate, you know, the, the need for change and how quickly things need to be done. And yeah, um, what we're currently working on is essentially um, building out our entire CRM and payment processing platform via OutSystems as well. Um, and that was a go live about a week ago. So great timing on this interview um, where we were able to completely transition our CRM and payment processing platform uh, yeah. over within 45 days. Um, and the main oh. goal from the business driver side of that um, was just having that consolidation and flexibility needed today. Um, where now that we wholly own all of our technology stack from customer first interaction to finalization of that customer's lifetime with us, um, just allows us the flexibility required in this current environment. Amazing. And, and in, terms of, in terms of your developers, I mean, are, are these guys people who didn't know low code before and have now learned low code and how has it changed how they think about uh, you know programming in general and how they see things for the future, because there's different. I suppose we have now a changing landscape, both in terms of the the developer side, but also you know how customers sees um, you know, whether. And when I say customers, I mean it could be the end customers, it could be intermediaries like brokers and other people involved in your business. How they how how they see these changes and how it affects their perception of things especially on yeah. the developer side. Yeah, so um, as far as our development, our developer composition goes, um, we currently have uh, two developers in-house um, that juggle many hats as you do at a small company um, mm-hmm. where they came from the traditional coding background. Um, and that was another point of, um, not to derail us too far, but that was another point of contention when we first um, introduced this low code solution is just yeah. that natural friction of a new tool um, and is low code coding um, as there's yeah. a lot of developers that are pushing back saying, can we do a full stack solution there? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that uh, was a challenging uh, interaction to begin with. Um, but I think after a developer spent some time in the platform, um, yeah. they really adopted the strengths um, and the capabilities of OutSystems as a whole. Um, where uh, the two developers we have in staff, it's not just a, a C-sharp first mentality anymore. It's a um, best use to the customer mentality, which I think is a lot healthier yeah. from a technology standpoint and where technology departments need to move going forward. Um, and 
Um, from our additional set of resources, uh, we have three um, members as a staff org um, that are um, based offshore that are doing a lot of our development work um, yeah. for the day-to-day enhancements and uh, bug reports um, today. And those uh, individuals have lived wholly within low code for their entire um, development yeah. career, whether that be out systems or another partner. Um, and it's interesting to see how they tackle solutions in a way that's different um, than a traditional developer, where it's that low-code training first mentality um, yeah. really expedites um, the way that they approach problems. Um, yeah, and we've had, I mean, I've had the same kind of reports back from other people on you know, traditional high-code developers. There's a, sometimes there's a little bit of skepticism at the beginning. And then when they see the benefits, they're really on board or it's a very complementary, at, at the very least, complementary technology, you know, yeah. is it, if not a better way of doing things. And I suppose one of the fears for them is, are they going to lose, are they going to lose their, um, you know, the skill, their high code skills, you know, that, which they're used to doing and they're used to, they want to do. So I suppose the answer to that is no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, I suppose, yeah, I don't know. Is it is it a case of oh, not looking back and just moving on? Um, ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think it's in the current state of low code, um, there's still many large companies and you're, you're going to have a lot of your Fortune 500 still wholly traditional coding environments. Um, and I think the basal skills of development are truly just the logic-based um analysis of processes where I don't think you lose that as a high code developer. I think it's just an expanding skill set, um, like a C sharp developer learning Java sure. or Ruby um, at the on their off time. I think it's just another skill set to have um, where the basal um, skill sets still are the same across all the platforms. Um, where I think there's value in always expanding what you're learning, um, not to get yeah. too philosophical on you. Um, but I, I think it enables you to move more seamlessly to companies that are adopting low code, but it doesn't hinder you if you wanted to move to a company that isn't low code. Sure. I think we touched as well, uh, we touched on uh, the next question is um, about the future. We touched on it a little bit already in terms of some of the things you've been saying, but in terms of, Know, where you see your business going uh because it, to me it seems like there's been a huge amount of change for you guys in the last year or two and the rate of kind of acceleration for you is really this kind of things are really moving now and the whole low code thing is helping to make that acceleration successful um so where do you see things i mean as you know as we come out of the pandemic maybe um things might change the environment might change a little bit um and in terms of the things that you guys want to do to make customers' lives easier, uh, other other uh, products that you might be adding on, um, where does rapid application development fit into that for you guys? Yes, yeah. So we have three main pillars for um, where we want to go to next. Um, I can share two of them. The third one's a little bit of secret sauce. Um, so. Uh, the first one um, is straight through processing um, and that's quite a wordy uh, and buzzwordy way of saying that we just want to provide funds as quickly as possible to our clients. Um, where our current state of funding is we're looking at about a business day to a business day and a half turnaround time from initial application to funds being deposited into our clients' bank accounts. 
Um, and for a subset of our clients, we want that to be immediate, um, where a client um, can submit their application um, and have a fully automated flow and work at their own pace if necessary, um, but be able to receive uh, funds within their bank account within an hour if they're um, wow. uh, ready to fully move forward and submit documents um, yeah. via an automated approval process. Um, so straight through processing, um, I think will be integral um, in our out systems applications, um, where a lot of the third party vendors that we need to interact with will be wholly uh, developed within the out systems platform. Um, and it's just a next iteration of where we come from the customer portal being table stakes. And we really want to innovate in the way that we provide financing solutions to our clients. Um, the second component uh, is actually a subset of that. Um, where we want to be able to do true risk-based pricing, where we can have an individualized um, pricing and approval process for each customer based on some machine learning and regression analyses on uh, a client's credit worthiness, where we can have a truly customized automated solution based on that individual customer's credit profile. Um, and so plugging that personalized pricing model into straight through processing allows us to provide a client funds within an hour at a personalized price um, and within a proprietary model. And I think that's where we can provide the most value um, for commercial entities looking for financing solutions. Wow. And I suppose, I wonder if the artificial intelligence side of things will impact on, on, on some of that automation, you know? to be able to do things that oh, fast. Definitely. Um, so we're looking at um, developing AI to um, have that personalized credit model, but also have a dynamic credit model um, where as new information comes in or as new um, attributes come into our model over time, um, that, that, custom, that personalized model may change for the same customer six months later down the line. Amazing. I'm sure your customers are going to be very happy once you've yeah. uh, implemented this. Nobody ever complains about getting cash into their account quickly. So yeah. <laughs> The goal is cheaper, cheaper and quicker to our clients is that's, really what it comes down to. It's really always customer-centric. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, it's been pretty great talking to you, Nick. Um, uh, and I hope I hope we can reconnect again in in a few months, maybe uh, see how things things are going for you. I, I expect your company's probably doubled in size by the time we we meet yeah. next. Um, and yeah, um, I'll have the team sitting behind me. Yeah, the team sitting behind you. Yeah. So um, no, thank you very much, Lorena. Thank you for coming on and sharing your insights. And um, look forward to catching up again in a few months. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Low Code Podcast, hosted by iTrack, Global Outsystems Recruitment Specialist. Be sure to subscribe and see you next time.